and welcome to the Case Reopen Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Treese, and joining me, like sometimes, is the lovely Kyle Bradford. How's it going, Kyle? Hi, I'm Kyle. I love my job, so sorry I wasn't here these past couple weeks, but I'm back now. Wow. It's great to have you so we can get that valuable Asian perspective on Detective Conan. Um, I try my best. Yeah, the... I, I know our listeners are probably confused, but the person you're hearing right now actually isn't Kyle. It's actually Justin doing an immaculate... Uh, uh, no, I'm right here. I, I don't know what you're talking about. That was clearly... Justin, you're here. We're about to do yeah. a podcast. Oh, you excited? Yeah. Hey, sorry. Uh, I was busy. So, today we're talking about two anime originals and we just remarked about this um off air a bit a bit ago but uh we actually like didn't remember much of these cases which is surprising since usually we have a good memory and we at least like remember who did it or anything um but i will say both of these cases they kind of let you know who did it pretty early (laughs) on and then it's more about figuring out like how they did it which uh it's like usually like a nice way to mix things up in canon, but to do them back to back is a bit strange. Trying to change it up, trick us a little bit. I mean, one of them has trick in the name, so. It does, and that would be episode 55, the train trick murder case. And this originally aired April 21st, 1997. This aired about three days after the movie came out. Yep. Yep. So people gotta watch that exciting film. And then they got to watch the train trick murder case. So a lot of original Conan content for people to enjoy. Conan introduces the episode by saying that today's case is a trick with a train. The train schedule is the key. Thanks, Conan, for telling us the name of the uh, yeah, episode, case. <laughs> and yeah, his little intro thing is... Like, when they're not a pun, are usually, like, pretty bland and bad, and I'm like, come on, Kenna, do better. The episode opens up with Ron, Koguro, and Conan getting on a train after spending some time at the hot springs. I wonder if, uh, Conan and Ron had another incident like, uh, like he did, uh, at, uh, Koguro's reunion case, where they hit the yeah, hot we springs. Only get, we only get one good look at that. The rest of the time, they're like, yeah, you've seen it already. Uh, what a tease. Um, they're hung over after this, and uh, Koguro almost gets on the wrong train. But uh, he's like, oh, it doesn't really matter. They're both going to the same place anyhow. And it turns out that Koguro was invited to the trip uh, by a client as a thank you. And Koguro says that he'll take a nap once they're uh, on the train itself. They then board, and uh, before he can get to sleep, he's interrupted by two doctors by the name of Sato and Date, who are loudly arguing when the one Date decides to move to a different car in the back. Kenan recalls that they were at the same inn as them uh, while they were at the hot springs. They then asked Sato uh, where all the other doctors are, and he said that they all split up and it, because it doesn't matter what train they take, as they all have to transfer at the Hananomachi station. Do you know anything about the Japanese train system, Justin? Uh, apparently it's actually very easy, even for foreigners. I know that. 
at least. Well, I learned everything about it during this episode because we spent a whole lot of time talking about separate lines and stations. Oh my god. We uh, did. A little more than needed, but... Yeah, this was like a diff- difficult episode to like take notes for because I had to spell fucking Hananomachi 27 times. And then we have a bunch of other names like Mizunukawa in the Yunoyama line. It's, uh, it's ridiculous. Kagura then takes a nap on the train and they arrive at the Mizunakawa station. Kagura asks if they should transfer there, but Ron informs him that the Hananomachi line already left here five minutes ago at 10.30. Kagura then goes back to sleep and then an attendant comes to check everybody's tickets. I always find it strange that they check tickets on the train. Like, after you've departed. Like, you think you'd do it, like, before boarding or something? Because, like, I've been riding, uh, like, Amtrak recently to, like, get to Philly and back um, mm-hmm. a few times. And I read it a while ago. And, like, you can get a solid, like, 30, 40 minutes on that train before they check your <laughs> ticket. So, like, it seems like an easy way to... And what are they going to do? They just, like like, kick you off at the next stop? Like... It doesn't seem that bad. You're still getting a free trip out of it. Yeah, and then you can get a slightly cheaper... If Even if you got kicked off, you'll get a cheaper ticket, probably because of the shorter distance. Yeah, as long as you're not banned. So, so I, guess our, you're going. I guess yeah. our advice to people is just to freeload on as many trains as possible. Yes. I think, I think Kyle would agree with that, too. Yeah, for sure. He's a criminal. But, uh, like, trains are a pretty nice way to travel. Like, I've been doing it recently, and, uh, I don't know, it's like a delightful little trip, and then, like, they usually have, like, Wi-Fi, so I was able to work on the train while I was traveling. Just very relaxed compared to, like, flying, because, you know, flying's a pain in the ass, and then they, they're trying to charge you all this shit. But Amtrak, you get the free Wi-Fi, you can chill out, and there was, like, so much space on the train that I thought I was, like, wandered into the uh like business class or something but i was just in the regular Mm. thing i was just because you know like planes are usually pretty cramped if you're not paying yeah they're usually packed because it's like yeah that's the only flight for like a couple hours but there was like everybody's on three feet between me and the other chair and i i had i could stretch my legs out they had like a foot rest they had a big old uh tray that i could use and put my laptop on Nice experience. I guess this is just a commercial mm-hmm. for Amtrak at this point. But uh, <laughs> if you need to travel somewhere close by, it's pretty affordable and it's a nice trip. That's all I'll say. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the attendant stamps their uh, tickets, and that's when they finally arrive at Hananomachi. They're then told to go to Line 7 since they're headed to Tokyo, but they have a layover time of 35 minutes. Justin, I don't know how much you travel, but have you ever had any, like, nightmare layover situations? Um, on a plane, I was almost, the plane was delayed at my first stop. So, in turn, we got off, uh, like, maybe 20 minutes later, um, because I think it was either raining or ice. Um, but that also messed up my, almost messed up my, uh, layover, which was pretty much as soon as you land, uh. Oh yeah, those are the worst when you have to, like, book it from one gate to the next. It was, like, 
30 minutes or so, uh, like, from the initial time, it was 30 minutes, because um, it was like a quick uh, up and down, maybe like an hour first for the, for the first flight. Yeah. Um, so, because it was delayed, hit that, uh, landed, immediately got out, and I'm like, all right, where the fuck do I need to go? <laughs> Looked where I had to go. Everybody was, like, they were the last people boarding for the plane I had to get on, and I was just so close to missing it, uh, if they had to delay it anymore. Nice, you made it. That's all that matters. I'm glad it was a close call and not a disastrous one. Yeah, no, no disastrous ones, but that was, like, the closest one that I got. I had some long layovers where, like, my flight was just randomly canceled. It wasn't even, like, due to bad weather. They're just like, oh, we don't have a fucking plane. It's like, what? <laughs> like, what? How, how does that happen? And so then they had to rebook me to, like, a later flight. So I was at, like, the airport for, like, six extra hours, and it was really annoying. I think it was in the Philly airport. Um, And I was like, what a pain in the ass. Um, I'm not surprised. With the yeah, I had really bad flying luck my first, like, couple trips. Like, every single time, like, something would get delayed and... But, like, past couple times have been fine, and surprisingly, it's been fine while I've been using, like, cheap-ass Sparrow Airlines, which is, like, the most ghetto and shittiest airline. <laughs> so, like, the fact that it's been fine using them is, like, just really weird, because, like, when I was getting, like, flights booked by, like, companies and shit, like, everything would go wrong, but now my cheap-ass flying Sparrow, totally fine, so fingers crossed it keeps up, because it really sucks when you're, you're, like, stuck enough at a airport to where, like... It doesn't make sense to leave because you'll have to go through TSA again. And then you're like, <laughs> but it, there's nothing to do, but there's not enough time. It's like, ah, you're just stuck in an awkward amount of time there. So you probably like, jinxed yourself now, though, so. Yeah, I know. I don't have any trips lined up, but good God if I try to. Um, so we then see the two doctors again who were arguing earlier, but they made up. And Date says that watching the scenery let them cool down a bit. They then go to buy a soda, and Conan notices that Date is carrying a lot of change on him. I have a funny mm-hmm. change story. Well, it's not even funny. It's not even interesting, but I'll tell it anyways. I was at the dollar <laughs> store, and I bought something. I, well, I bought five items, actually. And my total was like... It wasn't like everything's a dollar, dollar store, but... uh, my Dollar total, General? Yeah, I was at Dollar General. And it was like 601 and I had a bunch of change in my pants, so I was like, I'm going to be smart, find a penny. And I put all the change in my hand, and I was looking through, and it was all silver coins. And so I, I just gave him a nickel. Uh, and then he had to give me four coins back for the one I gave him. But, uh, uh, oh well. At least he didn't have to give me 99 coins. Exactly. That's not. That's the worst part. Uh, sort of like that around here, but it's like local businesses and pizzerias and stuff. Um, but like... Apparently, if I get, like, two slices of pizza, so you're going to get a little knowing of what I get for lunch here and there. Uh, so, like, if I, if you just get, like, two pizzas, like, two slices, and, like, a drink, it's 9.01. Oh. <laughs> nice, uh, every time. And I'm like, well, it's the perfect size. Like, it's, the slices are big, so it's like, I don't need anything else. Like, I don't need just one slice. Well, you should tell them that it's give a penny, take a penny, and they should be giving you the penny. Well, actually, they're even nice. Well, I guess that technically they do give me a penny. Uh, they're nice and sometimes just give me a dollar back. Oh, how kind. Yeah. Like, there's been, like, 
one time where it was like a new person I never seen before. He's like, actually gave me ninety nine cents, and I was like, "Are you fucking serious?" <laughs> You're like this motherfucker. Like yeah, it's I, weird. I wouldn't have cared. Like you could have just like. It's weird kept because the like ninety nine cents. Yeah, it's weird because like we're. We're at, like, as a society now, like, so many people don't even use cash anymore. They just use their cards. But I still like to have cash on me. I don't know. I guess I'm just old and weird. Me too. Like, all this, what is it? Venmo? Is that? Yeah, Venmo is the app where you can pay people. Oh, my God. Every time a coworker's like, can you vend me something? I'm like, no, I have fucking cash in my wallet. (laughs) Here, take it. And just, it's so surprised that they just keep saying hey can you just venmo me yeah this it's, it's like, so much more easier just to have some cash uh, just and, a little bit you don't need much like i mostly keep like maybe fifty dollars just yeah, in that's case a good i amount. need it it's a good amount but so like when yeah. i went on vacation my buddy had never has any cash on him and then his his debit card started acting up to where like the chip wasn't reading so, like, mm. suddenly he had no access to his money. And then I brought along, like, I don't know. I think I had, like, 300 bucks in my wallet just because I, like, took out some uh, for the trip prior. Like, for spending money if I needed anything. So, like, I was basically his ATM the entire trip. He'd be like, <laughs> Tyler, can I borrow 20 bucks? And I'd just be like, add it to your tab. And so he he, he finally paid me back after the trip but for a while though he was just he's just constantly taking money from me so he could buy stuff there he was like That's uh fine. can i get some food and i was like yeah here's a 20 mm, you know what should have brought cash sorry See, buddy. that's the start. lesson the lesson is to forego being totally digital with your payment forget about the debit card and your venmo bullshit take some ice hard cash with you all right um, Anyways, off our soapbox. <laughs> yeah, so Date has a lot of change on him. Uh, Conan then tells Date that his button looks like it's about to fall off, and Date says it's fine, and then he wipes it off, which Conan finds odd. Mm-hmm. We then see several train employees screaming about finding a corpse in the other train car, and that the victim is a doctor. The doctors oh. wonder if if it's somebody from their group. It's like no duh, like there's just gonna be randomly another doctor. Uh, and they follow them. Kogoro then sobers up finally and decides to investigate the case. Uh, they discover the body, and his name is Utsumi, and he is, in fact, part of the doctor group. Who could be the killer, Justin? A doctor in the doctor mm. group. Mm. Maybe. We're then introduced to the chief of the railway police, Kobayashi Yosuke. Um, I'm pretty sure we're not going to see this dork again. <laughs> No, we're not. Uh, he if happily do, allows Kogoro to investigate, and he thanks him for helping. And then he says the cause of death is likely heart failure, but Conan remarks that there's an injection wound on his arm. Conan then goes into super science mode and reveals that if you inject somebody with potassium chloride, then it will look like they died from a heart attack, and that hospitals typically has needles filled with them. So... Everybody's should be confused about it, but then the doctor's like, hey, he's right. Good stuff, boy. <laughs> it was uh, you. The police can't find the needle anywhere, so it's likely a murder case, not a suicide or accident. 
Kogoro notes that there's no money left in his wallet, so the motive was likely money, so he thinks it's a robbery. He then says that he broke the victim's hands. Uh, oh, so they notice that the guy's hands are broken, so he guesses that it was done during a scuffle. But Conan's not buying it, and he doesn't agree with it. He thinks it's a, a cold-blooded, premeditated murder, because it is Detective Conan. There's not just random crimes in this world. I'm waiting for that. I'm waiting for that episode. Yeah, That'd just like be a hilarious, holy, holy just, indiscriminate killing. Yeah, and like Cohen's like, oh, it has to be this. It has to be this, and then it just ends, and it's, oh no, yeah, it's just, it was just a robber that went by. You'll never see the robber ever again. Just happen. All right, cool. Cohen then looks at the Hanamachi and Unayama lines, noting that they only intersect. At both Yunayama and Mizunakawa Station. The train arrived at Mizunakawa at 10.30. So Conan decides to learn about the time of death. Conan overhears that the victim bought coffee at 10.50. Just before the train arrived at Hananamachi. She notes that um, the person working the train notes that she didn't have enough thousand yen bills for the change. So she wound up giving him a bunch of coins. Remember, uh, Date had all those coins. She then states mm. that he was sitting alone, although another uh, woman says that a, a man with a mustache, sunglasses, and a dark blue coat sat next to him shortly afterward. The railway detective then determines that the time of death was between 10.50 and 10.53. So, uh, how much, did any of this come back to you while you were watching it? Because I did not remember any of this. No, I... Usually about, like, halfway through when, like, oh, they see the murder uh, happen or, like, they start pinpointing some stuff. But no, nothing. I was just, like, this is so weird. I don't remember any of this, like, nothing with the change or the train or anything. Yeah, I was the same way. And then I got excited because I'm, like, oh, I wonder how this was done. Because, like, usually I remember it, so it's not that thrilling figuring out what mm -hmm. happened, and I was like, how did he get from one train to the other? That seems impossible. And then I was so underwhelmed by the, the solution, but we'll get there. Mm -hmm. uh, Conan notices that Date's jacket is reversible and has a dark blue color on the inside, so that the victim must have grabbed his button, which is uh, why they broke their fingers afterward. Conan is now sure of who did it, but he lacks, uh, he lacks the knowledge of how he got on the other train. Conan convinces Kogoro that it wasn't a robbery by mentioning that the woman sitting next to the victim looked a lot richer. He also points out that said Sato is sweating a lot, so Kogoro goes over there and asks him if he knows anything. Date then just voluntarily reveals that he had a big argument with Atsumi the night prior over uh, Atsumi accusing him of taking bribes from a pharmaceutical company. He then denies it and asks if he's a suspect. But the police say he isn't because he was on a different train. Conan then asks Sato why they didn't get on the Hanamachi line with a lot of their other doctors. He explains that Date bought the tickets and they got into a fight after he felt after he tried to pay him back for the ticket. Conan then checks the train schedule and says he could only have transferred on Mizun sorry Mizunakawa Station, but that the uh, Hanamachi line that the victim was on departed on at. 10.30. I'm just literally reading train schedules now. Five minutes before they arrived. Uh, Conan then remembers a sign saying that 
there was a bridge linking the platforms together and that the stairs were right next to where Date was sitting. Hmm. Kevin then notices Date on his cell phone and that's when Ron says that she left Sonico's souvenir on the train. That could be like a, a tongue twister, like Sonico's souvenirs, something, something. Sonico's souvenirs, Sebastian, something. Shinichi at the seashore. Yeah. Uh, Conan then figures out the trick that the culprit used to switch trains. So he gets Kogoro to go into the station staff room and knocks him out. He then calls everybody related to the case to the room. Uh, did you have any luck figuring out how he did it? Or did you just figure out when Conan said it? I think when Conan said it. I... Yeah, same way. I was trying to figure it out, but I just yeah. could not. I couldn't find something so simple, I guess. My brain was also trying to remember if I actually watched it for pretty much the whole episode, so like that's probably where most of my brain power went. <laughs> Kogura reveals that Date is the real criminal, and that they only knew um, they can only confirm that he was on the same train as them for the first five minutes. He says that Date switched at the Mizunukawa station. By using his cell phone, he was able to say he forgot something at the Hananamachi line, and that's when he put on his disguise dashed across the connecting bridge to Platform 6, and then hopped on the train, which was waiting for him so he could retrieve his lost item. Instead, he murdered the victim. Classic mix-up. Oops. The railway police then confirmed that a lost item call happened, but the employees found nothing. Date asks for proof, and Kogoro tells him to show his ticket as there was an inspection at 1040. Date casually says that he lost his ticket, and that there's no proof he was on the train or made a transfer. He says the burden of proof is on the detective, so he's going to have to show something. Uh, he's about to leave, saying he's fed up with uh, being accused, when Kogoro says that he's carrying a lot of change in his wallet. Kogoro then uh, says that he stole it so he could make it look like a robbery, and there should be fingerprints on it. Date um, says that the victim's fingerprints will be on it, because he was with Utsumi last night, and they had pulled their money together to get cigarettes. This is confirmed by the other doctor. However, the fingerprints Kogura is talking about isn't of the victims, but of the employee that gave Utsumi change. Mm. So he is carrying de uh, decisive evidence with him. Uh, I did figure that out after they heavily hinted about the fingerprints. I was like, oh shit, yeah. I know where they're going with that. Um, so that mm -hmm. was a cool moment. But I, I was just kind of underwhelmed by the way he got on the other train was just saying he forgot stuff and, uh, like, making the train run five minutes slower. Also, yeah, like, in Japan, they take, like, delays super seriously. I know, like, this guy was off, but, like, on the railway, like, the super fast trains, like, I remember they were off by, like, two seconds or something, and he was, mm -hmm. like, apologizing after dishonoring his family by doing a bad job, like the conductor was. Like, they take it super seriously. So, like, mm -hmm. I don't think they're going to wait around five minutes for you. So, I'm not sure I believe this as a possible thing. I mean, it is a TV original, so yeah. not canon. Uh, this is not realistic. Date admits to the crime and reveals that the rumors are true, and that Sumi found out, um, that he was taking bribes and started to blackmail him. 
He says his murder was the perfect plan, just like his operations. But Koguro starts bringing some real talk, and he says, You know what, Date? You're still human. And no crime committed by a human will ever be perfect. Boom. So there's the, we always have that big line by Koguro where he puts everything into perspective. Although it's not really Koguro, it's just Conan <laughs> trying to sound like him. What if After it was the really song? actually Koguro this whole time? Yeah. <laughs> like, we think it's Conan, but, like, Koguro actually knows everything. He's just yeah, I never knew exactly time. how to write those parts whenever Conan's, like, doing some of these voice. I guess maybe I should be saying Conan says, but, oh well. Nah, I said Koguro, because... Too late. We are hearing yeah. Koguro's voice. It's true. So it is After Conan. the ending song, Koguro wakes up and asks why they're still at Hananamachi... They then decide to spend another night at the hot springs, and everybody celebrates. So we get a nice little ending. And that's when we get the next Conan's hint. A surveillance camera. And Conan says, next time we have some great guests. Nakayama Hideyuki and Asagi Kuniko. And uh, if you're like me, you had no clue who the hell they were. So I looked them up on the old Google and I found out that they are both Japanese actors, and the other people that were in the case are also Japanese actors. So they had a bunch of, like, actors and television personalities. Hmm. That is cool. So, probably no... Nobody else really cares about that, if you're not from Japan, but uh, I thought that was neat, since they were, like, selling their billing a lot. And that leads yeah. us... To episode 50. Oh, oh, sorry. Before we move on, I want to get your opinion on this case here. What do you think of the train trick murder case? Uh, not much of a trick. There was <laughs> a train. There definitely was a murder. There was. Um, but it was it was fine. It, it, just like a couple of the last uh, original ones that we watched, they're all kind of just. We need something. Uh, let's do this, and they do it. And yeah, and I, th I think it says a lot that we didn't remember this because if I had to sum up this case, I'd say it was one of the most forgettable Conan episodes, and that's probably why yeah. we didn't remember it. Probably, like even though I, we're gonna go into the next episode, but I said we I didn't remember these episodes that much. This one, at least, I remembered a little bit. Uh, because even when you said the surveillance camera, I was like, "Oh yeah, this one," and then I kind of remembered what happened with it. Um, when that happened, but uh, yeah, I yeah, think there's. One... I like this upcoming episode more than this. I think this is one of the weaker <laughs> episodes, even though I wouldn't go as far to say it, it's bad or anything. Like it's still a solid no. mystery, and there's some cool stuff. Um, but yeah, definitely a a lower tier canon episode, but. Detective Conan's kind of like pizza, Justin. <laughs> Even if it's bad, still tastes pretty good. I thought so, Detective Conan was like a box of chocolates. You never know which what you're gonna find. No, you are. You always know you're gonna find a murder. <laughs> That's also true, but you don't know which kind of murder you're gonna yeah. get. Is it a locked <laughs> room? That's like a real caramel sweet. You're like, ooh, a locked room murder. Mm. So, this is episode 56, the O.J. Mambu murder case. This originally aired April 28th, 1997, 
And in the very opening, Conan says, Today's guest is very rich. Okay. The episode begins with a man looking at a photograph and then setting it ablaze with a lighter. Justin, have you ever burned any photographs in a menacing manner? No, but I should just, like, find some really bad photographs of just random things and do that just so I can have that under my belt. Just have, like, a little light over me and just... Sounds fun. Yeah, I kind of want to do the Nickelback meme, but with this guy burning the photograph. <laughs> We then see Ron and Conan out jogging, and then there's a very tired Kogoro behind them. And it's revealed that jogging was actually Kogoro's idea, which I don't believe for one second. That does not seem like yeah, a Kogoro thing. not at all. I feel like the subs were missing a detail. Like, was it because he was trying to get in shape for Yoko or something? Like, I could believe him doing that. Oh, but, yeah. like, him just jogging? No. Uh, we then see the cleaning company vice president, Fuji Tsunahisa, go to pick up a harmonica when a huge iron girder crashes down from the roof and kills him. Don't you hate when that happened, Justin? You know, seeing it happen in Final, Fan- uh, Final Fantasy, Final Destination 2, never stand under one, man. I, I, that scarred me for life, so he should have... Uh kept an eye out even though this was before that but man final destination they made a lot of those movies they made way too many of those movies so that'll be our follow-up to uh case reopen uh the first destination or something i don't know (laughs) great ron and company hear the loud thud of this dude just getting fucking wrecked by a girder and so they promptly go and call the cops uh, we then see the president of the company, Nakayama Hideyuki, watching the incident with his binoculars from his office. He then calls for his secretary to figure out what's going on, since he hears a commotion down below. Um, they make it very obvious that this guy's the killer, like, straight off the bat. Just uh, mm-hmm. FYI to everybody listening. Uh, Kegura then meets with the cleaning company and asks them to check the adjacent building as somebody might have tossed the girder uh, off the roof. The secretary then recognizes the victim as Fujii and the police are called. Uh, He was supposed to be in a meeting at 9am with the president. Uh, The president then comes out and he asks her to move the company truck so it doesn't get in the way of the police. They then go to, the police arrive, and then they all go to the president's office to chat, and that's when he hits a mysterious switch that Conan notices, because he, he has quite the eagle eye, and uh, we see Inspector Al- Megari, oh, oh my god, Inspector Megari get alibis from everybody, and it's revealed that nobody suspicious was found in the building. We then learn that this company uses the first two floors of the building, and that the other company that operates out of there is closed on Sundays, just like Chick-fil-A. Um, <laughs> so, they're the only two people in the building. So, Justin, just as so somebody gets my joke, um, Kanye West, like, premiered his new album, um, like, two weeks ago. And one, it's, like, a religious album. But um, it's called Jesus is King. And he has okay. this one fucking song on there where the chorus is literally... Closed on Sunday, you're my Chick-fil-A. God damn it. 
So I guess he's referring to God. God is his Chick-fil-A. Uh, we can wrap up now. Um, case reopened <laughs> is case closed. Uh, <laughs> we're not, we're, this is a... I used to do a Kanye West podcast, and we're just turning it back See what Kanye West does? He ruins podcasts. I'm just saying, closed on Sunday. You're my mm-hmm. Chick-fil-A. That, that's not how it works. That's how it works. Um, we, uh, yeah, so the secretary and the president were the only two people in the building. Conan inspects the switch, and he finds out that it's connected to a security camera, and it's recording the outside and automatically panning. Conan suspects he can control it with the little joystick on it. Good boy. But uh, Koguro yells at him for messing around with it. He then noticed Koguro, he's like in the middle of like telling Conan to stop messing around when he just sees a picture of a beautiful woman and gets instantly distracted. And he's like, oh, is this your wife, President? And uh, he reveals that it's actually his sister that died in January. What a mood killer Koguro is. Yeah, thanks, Koguro. Then says that the company was originally founded by Fujii, his sister Fumiko, and himself when they were in high school. They did uh, plenty of things uh, at first. They were kind of just like a all-around company. But they eventually decided to become a cleaning company after two years because that was their most successful path. Uh, Fujii was the executive director and his sister served as the secretary. He then says that there was trouble between himself and Fujii as uh, his co-worker was going to be uh, was going to start a brand new cleaning company and was trying to recruit his employees from under him. They were constantly quarreling, and uh, that's what they were going to discuss today. Um, so this is like two episodes in a row where they the murderer basically just gave like a huge motive at the very beginning, unprompted. <laughs> like it's so weird. They're overconfident. Yeah. And it's funny, because, like, we, I think I mentioned this before in other podcast, uh, other episodes, but it's like, why does everybody that's like, oh, yeah, this person just got murdered. Oh, yeah, uh, we totally had this fight the other day, or, <laughs> like, something like, yeah, I knew about his uh, affair that he was doing, but I'm going to say that now. And it's like, how does everybody always have a bad thing and it's related to the person who just died? Yeah, like if I died right now, you would start talking about how you hated that I brought up Kanye West during the podcast. And Chick-fil-A, all in the same sentence. Kegaro then says he's figured out the case, so we're poised for a classic Kegaro deduction here. <laughs> he says that Nakayama did it, which, true, he did. Um, but he says that him and Asagi are lovers and that Asagi is lying about the alibi. Uh, he's totally wrong there and they both laugh at the suggestion and they reveal that the secretary is getting married next month. So, a swing and a miss, but very close, Kagero, kind of. Not really. Almost. A policeman then enters and says that there are signs of an iron girder being dragged along the adjacent building's roof that they found a harmonica with the victim's name written on it next to him. Uh, Nakayama confirms that it was owned by the victim, and then they said it was strange because they found no fingerprints on it. Ooh. Nakayama then asks to go out for a bit as he has something important to do, and they just allow this potential murderer to go out. They're like, sure, go on ahead. 
Sagi then contacts Fuji's parents and fiance, revealing that he just fucking got crushed by this giant girder. Um, Asagi also reveals that his fiance uh, is the daughter of a wealthy businessman and that her family was helping him set up the new business. She then tells them about how Nakayama's sister died. She quit in December after having an argument and then she started working for a construction company. However, an iron girder was just dropped on her. It's not funny, man. It's pretty funny. So, this is something strange um, I found on the Detective Cannon World wiki. They say that she committed suicide. But the subs I had, at least, had nothing about a suicide. You may have watched a different sub. What did yours say? Uh, I don't... I don't remember. I don't... I don't think so i don't remember it yeah i didn't see that and they have a note saying that the dub say that she suffered an accident at the construction site but they literally had like imagery of her at the construction site and the girder buyer so i think that's actually i don't know i don't know if it was just an error that they put like there was a suicide or what but uh i could not find anything that made it look like a suicide if anybody knows about this feel free to write into the podcast uh, you can tweet at us, case underscore reopen, and we'll gladly do a retraction or whatever if we can figure it out. But I'm pretty sure this is just what happened. It wasn't like a dub change or anything because I was watching the sub. So mm-hmm. I don't I don't see how they would come up with the same thing that the dub faked if uh, it was like that. So I believe that to be the truth. So only one truth remains or whatever uh, prevails. There we go. Uh, she finds the coincidences between the two deaths to be concerning, that's to say the least. Uh, Conan then suspects that Nakayama is the murderer and decides to check the recording. He says that he can see the road outside due to the security camera, and Asagi says that the president frequently checks the camera. She then reveals, um, that he bought the Mambu truck, which is like a big advertising truck, which is, uh, great for them. She then tells Conan to see if he can view the alley using the camera, but he can't. Conan then notices the binoculars in a drawer, and he gets yelled at by Ron for going through the other guy's stuff. Conan then runs off to the roof. (laughs) I like how... Okay, this part was so funny to me. So he gets yelled at by Ron, and then he's like, Okay, I'm gonna run off to the roof. And she's just like, okay. Like, why is this kid just being allowed to run around to the roof of an... like? building with two people in it mm-hmm. um once he's up there he spots the big security camera and that's when he notices the building next to them is shorter and he can see where the girder was dragged it winds up being possible to jump to the other building but you can't jump back up due to the height difference then sees the camera moved and finds a small trace of something thin being dragged on the rooftops uh like balcony uh, however, he doesn't know how the how he doesn't know how Nakayama knew that the victim was in the alleyway. Kenny then looks at the reflection of an adjacent building, but it's not visible from uh, inside the office. He then remembers that the truck was moved, and that's when he figures out the murder trick. But he doesn't have any crucial evidence. Just as uh, Megary is about to leave, Kenny starts looking at the videotape and sees something. He now has the evidence he needs, and that's just when Nakayama arrives. Megari says goodbye to him, 
So Conan quickly knocks out Kogoro and starts his deduction show. Um, did you figure out the trick or anything? What what did you remember of this episode as you watched? Um, I didn't remember until he started to show, uh, like, actually show off how he was killed. But as soon as they were like, oh, yeah, the security camera was used for this, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that. But that was about, like, the one thing I remembered from the what happened. Yeah, there doesn't really seem much to, like, break down about this episode. Every- no. Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. Uh, Kagura says Meguri can't leave just yet, as Nakayama is the killer. Gasp! The only other character really introduced. Um, he says the key to the trick is the security camera. He put the girder on the other roof and linked it to the security camera with piano wire. When Fuji-E walked into the alley, he controlled the security camera and dragged the girder off, killing him. He then told Asagi to go downstairs so he could remove the piano wire, and then he just threw it away. Nakayama then asked how he knew when uh, Fuji went into the alley, and that's when Kogoro explains that he used the harmonica to get him to stop, and he was using his binoculars to look at his his company's truck. It has a little fisheye on it, and that fisheye is a mirror, so he's looking at the mirror there. Um, that's also why he had the truck moved, so he would get rid of some of the evidence. However, he made a mistake as he dropped the girder before uh, the victim could grab the harmonica, and thus there were no fingerprints. The reason he got impatient was because Ron was obstructing his view at the time by checking her hair while jogging. So we have we have like feminine uh, actions to blame here. Thanks, Ron. I would have gone away with it too. Yeah. Kegura then says that he has evidence as the camera was recording what could be seen in the second floor windows. He then tells Conan to show us the tape and everybody's like, what? Conan? And Conan pops up and uh, he starts handling this tape recorder. He reveals at 7.05 you can see the reflection and then at 7.06 you see none other than Nakayama appear and he removes the string and that's proof that he committed the murder. I gotta say, this guy was kind of dumb to have this security camera recording. Like, surely you can use it without it recording you. Well, depending. Might, but it all depends on how it's set up, too. Yeah. Should have invested in a different model. (laughs) (laughs) Or, like, had your own or something like that, not using, like, an official security camera. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Nakayama admits to the crime and reveals that his sister was dating the victim... But he left her after meeting a rich woman. His sister then decided to quit the company. So they, he was lying about the big fight. He says that they both grew up orphans after their parents died. And uh, after he went to gather his sister's belongings after she died, he found a box labeled Memory, which had uh, the harmonica and her diary, which detailed her getting left for a richer woman. Uh, and he blames his co-worker for the death because if uh, he had never left her, she would have never left the company and thus she never would have died. That seems like a misplaced blame. Like that's a really silly reason to kill somebody. But uh, then says it's ironic that he committed murder using a mirror, but was caught by another reflection. The same one that his company cleaned. Oh, what do you think about the poetic ending of him getting caught by the, Brightly clean windows that his company cleaned. Uh, 
murder is always a dirty business. I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to make a clean or like some kind of joke. Okay. Yeah, that's what Kagurashi said. Fortunately for you, murder is never so squeaky clean as these windows. <laughs> After the ending song, uh, Kenneth says he saw some workers from the cleaning company and is surprised they're still open. And then they then see Asagi on television, which uh, I guess is kind of fitting. And I guess that's a play on her being like a TV hostess um, in real life. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Next Conan's hint is blanket. How the fuck is somebody going to murder someone with a blanket? Well, find out next episode on a amazing... A set of episodes that we will um so what'd you think of this episode i thought the trick was pretty neat i liked um i specifically liked the fish eye being a mirror and uh him using that to see where the guy is i thought that was pretty clever yeah it's not something you think of right away because you're just like oh that's what they use on all the tracks blah blah, blah. uh like it'd be too perfect to have it like parked exactly there uh kind of thing uh, but I guess that's how they get you. And, uh, yeah, definitely not like the greatest anime original, but like entertaining episode. Uh, it was g- a good watch, a solid watch. Mm-hmm. It was enjoyable. Yeah, so like these are both like two non-offensive episodes that were fine, but like we're probably not gonna remember a ton about these two going forward. No. Um, but this does mean since we. Are not overtime this week. We can do my favorite thing in the world, Justin. What is, is that? Me playing uh, geography by thanking random locations. Shout out to uh, San Bernardo. Where do you think that is? Uh, uh, Chile. I, it's in Chile. I was going to say not South America. Sometimes I, I find a bunch of cities that I can't pronounce, so I have to, like, keep looking on this map. Shout out to Santo Domingo. Shout out to Mexico City, which I'm pretty sure is in Mexico. Um, shout out to Los Angeles. Your city smells like piss. Uh, shout out to Sacramento, the sack town. Uh, shout out to Monroe. What if I just insulted everybody's city? I mean... Sure. Thank you uh, to I the mean, guy from Edmonton listening, but uh, the uh, who's the Edmonton? Are they the Oilers? Edmonton. Yeah, yeah, the Oilers suck, yeah. boy. There's some hockey knowledge for you. They might be great. I genuinely don't know. Um, shout out to Wilkesbury, uh, Cranston, West Lafayette, uh, Porora, Bismarck, Evans. Where else we got? Alingsas, uh, Warsaw, Vienna. Yeah, get some little sausages. You like? <laughs> do you like Vienna sausages? <laughs> um, Istanbul. I like that song. Man, we're going global. Bari. You know, after like about maybe like five hundred episodes of this show, maybe it'll be so popular we can go uh, tour around the world. Watching we had people. we had a listener in uh, Saudi Arabia this week from uh, I'm sorry I'm probably gonna mispronounce this like everything uh, Damam D A M M A M 
So, uh, if if by the off chance you are like an oil tycoon, you can buy this podcast. <laughs> we are very much ready to sell out to the Saudi. Um, <laughs> so please get in touch. Not even like, not even like, I mean, oh man, it was one fiftieth. Does that sound about right? Yeah, maybe. Shout out to Nari Warren. Inver Cargill. Where else are we at? Uh, Kyong Dong, which is a really funny name. Kyong. Well, there goes that listener. Dong. No, no. They're uh-huh. like. So that's in, uh, I think, South Korea. So shout out to Kyong Dong. Uh, shout out to Udon Thon Nai. Shout out to Ipo. Uh, shout out to Batu, Kazon City. So uh, the one thing I thought was really interesting is we're really big in uh, Vietnam, which has always surprised me. And I was on the Reddit recently, and somebody said that uh, they were also from Vietnam, and they were like, "Oh, it's a, a huge thing happening here, like it's blown up or something." So if you're from Vietnam, and I know you guys are listening, write to us, uh, contact the podcast. I want to know how it got popular in your country. How many people you know listen to Conan? Because like even in the United States, it's still like not one of the more popular animes. Really, it's not something you see like widely discussed. Like uh, I don't know, like Attack on Titan or like Sword Art Online. So if you can mm-hmm. just tell me like how popular it is over there, we will read it on the show. We'd love to hear it. And this mm-hmm. goes for any country really. But I'm really interested in Vietnam because it's just disproportionately so much of our listeners that it's like really surprising me. Um, so we'd love to hear as, as much as my bad pronunciation suffers, um, we really do appreciate the global listenership. And I think that's one of the coolest parts of the show. And that's Mm -hmm. definitely why I want to keep continuing. I love reaching a global audience and I want to learn more about, you know, you guys listening at the show. So write in, tell us about Conan in Vietnam. I'd love to document that in audio form. That that's so cool to me. Um, but yeah, I appreciate everybody listening. We won't go on for too long. Maybe the reason we never get um nobody ever like sends us mail is because I put that after I named cities for ten minutes. Maybe people just stop listening during my favorite segment. They're which not, could happen, but I don't know. I think it's pretty entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> I'm entertained at the very least. Um Justin, where can the people find you at on the Twitter? Uh, they can find me at the Sigma Omega. Uh, you can find me at Tyler Treese. And I gotta say, I'm really proud of myself. I didn't call you Kyle a single time this episode. Well, that's because we established very early on that Kyle is indeed here. Yeah, he, he was just, just very silent. He just didn't talk because, guess what? It didn't have anything to do with the Detective Boys. So he just was like, I'm out. I'm not yeah, maybe he's on strike until the Detective Boys appear again. Yeah, even though we got good episodes coming up, uh, not involving them. He doesn't care about it. No, he doesn't. No Detective Boys, no Kyle. Those are the rules. Um, Hopefully he'll join us soon. Uh, Work's just been crazy for him. Um, Or maybe he just hates us secretly. I wouldn't be surprised. I I still think that's the real reason. All the joking aside and BB and his voice all these episodes, I think he just is sick of us. Uh, (laughs) I don't think he wants to deal with us anymore. (laughs) 
I wouldn't blame him for being sick of me, but uh, after you returning, I feel like he owes you to come back. I am him. Yeah, so uh, that'll do it for this uh, podcast. Remember, we're on Twitter at case underscore reopened, and uh, that'll do it for this episode. Bye. And remember, one truth always prevails.